Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Beached White Male Podcast. My name is Ken Kemp, your host, and welcome to our weekly program that we call Beach Talk. I've got Carla with me today, and it's the week that follows the Dr. Martin Luther King Memorial Holiday. And I just love what Carla said about Dr. King. I don't know how it got to be MLK. It's always MLK, and I prefer Dr. King. It just sort of devolved into that. But anyway, so Dr. King always invoked love in his writings. Dr. King was steeped in the Bible, and he was definitely a man of faith. And that does not get enough attention in in our current world. He was a pastor, for goodness sake, and a preacher. He wasn't just some activist. Uh, You're right, Carla. He was not just some activist. He was a pastor, and he was a powerful influencer and has impacted so many of us. We're going to honor Dr. King on our podcast today. I'm so glad you're with us. If you're with us for the first time, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, especially if you're one of those patrons of ours, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for being a part of what we're doing. You guys know that I left my whiteness on the beach, and I started a podcast, and this is a place for us to highlight stories of awakenings, and Carla and I get together to talk about what was happening just last week. Many of our subjects are subjects of awakenings. Today, Carla and I talk about Dr. Martin Luther King, and we talk about the 1619 Project and the table talk that's just been launched. We talk about that humble hero of a rabbi, Rabbi Citron Walker, and the anti-Semitism that still persists to this very day. 60 Minutes did a feature on Anne Frank that we want to talk about, and we highlight a conversation that I had with podcaster, author, and corporate consultant Julie Kratz and her work in DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, and how we can become genuine allies. Hey, those KN95 masks are making the rounds. We've got ours coming this week. And I want you to stay with us all the way to the end for that grandma update. Lucy Lark is still making Carla smile. this time of year we take our beach talk inside where it's warm by the fire it's a fireside chat and i want to welcome you to join us carla and i just look forward to having an open conversation the kind all of us long for and need to have i hope you have a friend like carla and as we join together for our fireside chat it's kind of a mindfulness exercise time to take a deep breath Time to, first of all, acknowledge what's going on in this crazy world we live in, but also to find a friend where we can unpack it and process it and figure it out, but also find hope and encouragement to carry on. That's what this is all about. And last week, we talked about Simon and Garfunkel. And for our fireside chats for a while, we're going to think of our fireside talk as a bridge over troubled water because 
that's what it is. Let's see if we can find Carla in. Hey, Carla, it's Ken. Hi, Ken. Happy Wednesday. Yes. It is Wednesday, isn't it's it? It's Wednesday. We're back on our Wednesday schedule, and it's just great uh-huh. that you picked up. And uh, gosh, what, have you still got snow on the ground out there? Um, You know, just a little bit. Uh, we've had a couple of relatively mild days for here, and, and the sun is shining, and the days are getting longer, and I got... They are getting longer. Night. So, yes. yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, and remember last week I had that cold? Well, I, I got over that very quickly and didn't have COVID, and so, yeah, I am raring to go. Here. You know what? You sound perky, ready to go. You're, 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 yep. you're running on all cylinders. And I am. This is going to be good. good. This is going to be yeah. good. Well, we had an amazing weekend. Uh, we did take a, a little kind of last-minute little kind of uh, side trip. We, we went up to Mount Wilson. And I, I don't know if you would know that Mount oh, the Wilson. Observatory? Well, there is an observatory up there. Yeah, good for you. Uh, and it's um, it, it, it's at about 5,500 feet. It's over a mile high. And it overlooks the entire L.A. basin. And it was such oh. a beautiful day on Sunday. Uh, Carol and I said, uh, let, let's take a drive. And I wanted to take a drive all the way across the mountain. But it turns out that the mountain road was closed because it snowed in but the road was open to mount wilson so we drove up there and uh, we, we brought a little picnic we got a little chairs out there and we sat on the edge of the mountain overlooking all of i mean we saw we could see from newport beach across to long beach to pacific palisades we could see all the way out to catalina island in fact you know those boats we talked about last week that were that are yeah. sitting we could see these little dots of, of boats you way could. in the distance we could see that far yeah Ken, did you get pictures? Uh, I did take a picture, and but you know I, what, we 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 realized that it's hard to get a picture that really captures this thing. But right. I, what we did, we got some pictures. Well, now tell me where exactly, like what, where is Mount Wilson? Is is it like you, south? You know, or when east you are or? at the Huntington Library, which you remember, yes. Okay, yes. when we're looking at the mountains. Uh, yes. to the north from yes. the Huntington Library, we're looking yes. at Mount Wilson. And and what identifies it is that there, there are these big radio towers up there. There's a whole bunch of them, and they're, they're so huge. So like, the, like in the San Gabriel Mountains kind of? Well, San Gabriel Mountains, yeah, that's a little bit uh, uh, over a little bit, but this is more over uh, above Pasadena. It's right above okay, Pasadena. got it. And and, uh, and Duarte and, and uh, San Marino, you know, and all that. That's, okay. that's where it yeah. is. That's so exciting. I, I, lo- I totally, the next time I come out, I totally want to see that because the, I, as you know, I love that area and, you know, just sort of all the different parts and the mountains and the desert and the, the basin and, you know, the San Fernando Valley. You just have all these sections. Yeah, and we the sat there. We sat there, we were picking out the freeways and, and, and saying, yeah. yeah, you know, that's where we had our first apartment. You know, we could kind of, really? I mean, we couldn't see it, but we could see where it is. And we could see the L.A. airport, you know, and the and, and um, uh, the marina, you know, um, 
uh, it was it was awesome. And then we looked at, and I, then we could see out the Malibu Mountains too. I mean, you saw the whole thing. And, and I and uh, I totally love it that, that you did that. And was it a nice was uh, was it a nice clear day for it you? It was. I mean, that's the that was one of the motivators for us. It was yeah, like visibility yeah. unlimited. Yeah. You know, one of yeah. those great California days. Now, you know, when you're right. here in. Uh, August and September and October and it's hot Not and dry so yeah, and everything's kind yeah. of shriveling up under the sun. You know, it's a little different yeah. than what it is now where we've had some rain. Think yeah. the hills green up a little bit and then we get yep. this clear, clear sky. It was fantastic. But you know what else it was this last weekend is MLK weekend. Did you did you tune yes. into that at all? Yeah, very very much. And in fact, uh, our pastor preached uh nice. on on uh dr king and and as as you know our our pastor is um a black man and and uh you know just very eloquent he's a wonderful preacher and uh he was kind of unpacked some of uh, dr king's writings and by the way mlk i don't know how it got to be mlk it's always mlk and i prefer dr king I, that, so good that, for you. And, you know and, what I mean? In fact, I, I would like to start numbers. over again, but I won't uh, because no, you're making right. a valid point, Carla. And yeah, I, yeah. I just entirely agree. Yeah, it's it just sort of devolved into that. But anyway, so he spoke about how um, Dr. King always invoked love in his writings. Yes. And that, um, you know, e- even though obviously he was telling the truth about America and white people, and uh, and yet he, and uh, as as our pastor said that Dr. King was steeped in the Bible, and he was definitely a man of faith, and that does not get enough attention in in our current. He was world. a pastor. But, but, he was a pastor. Yeah, he was a yeah. He was a pastor for goodness' sake, yes. and a preacher. He wasn't just some activist. His challenge at the end of. His sermon was, this week, I challenge you to make sure that you're speaking in love and to build people up. Nice. And nice. Yeah. And so I, I was thinking about that, and I wondered, thinking about Dr. King, and of course, he challenged, and I think it can be uh, loving to be prophetic. And to speak of justice. Yes. And because, uh, yeah, Dr. King was not always kumbaya. In fact, far <laughs> from it. No. Far from it. No. And I, I was thinking, too, that the later King, post-winning the Nobel Peace Prize, he started talking about real justice issues. Uh, he did. And he started, and he turned against the Vietnam yes, he did. War. He did. And which... he was talking about poverty, and he lost quite a few people. He did when he started speaking that way. He did, and I gotta, I gotta say that uh, you know we also uh, went to worship uh, at the church that's associated with the Center for Racial Reconciliation, and I, and I was just so blessed. I gotta say it to be in a church that honored Dr. King, and you were too, uh, because yes. I, I know. I know there are a whole lot of churches that didn't even give mention 
to the weekend, much less, you know, pay uh, homage to this, right. this, this significant great figure of our history. Uh, and so it, they, they, they did this really wonderful original video that was just so, so powerful. But, you know, as you point out, um, you know, later in his life, as he, as his convictions really came to the surface, even though they were unpopular, they were unpopular yes. convictions. Yeah, he yes. was spot on, and uh, you know one of the uh, one of the things that was talked about this weekend and in, in in some of the conversations I had was, you know, how it's become sort of uh, uh, kind of a thing for people who don't even remember the opposition that white Christian evangelical people had towards this man in the '60s and the '70s. Now, just kind of forgetting about that and forgetting how prophetic you know, his message was and how we need to hear it. Like a good reread of the letter from the Birmingham jail is what we need to look at again. Or, or somebody, I think it might have been on Twitter, one of his, uh, possibly his, his daughter, uh, posted something to the effect that uh, we need to read the in, or hear the entire I have a dream speech. Yes. Because, and because yes, I saw that too. Hear, right. You always hear the same sound bite yes, from oh, that. About the children. Had, we want our children yes. to be judged by the character, their character rather than the color the content of their skin. Of their character. Content of their exactly. character. Yes. And and yet it it uh you know ranged so much more widely and yeah, he he was a pastor and a preacher, but he was also standing like Jeremiah and pointing out the flaws of the nation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and did we did we hear him? And and I think too what because you and I both were around back then. I mean, you were sort of in your evangelical bubble, and I was not. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> You know, you um, you and I do both remember when uh, the Black Power movement yes. emerged, uh, the Stokely Carmichael's, the Rap Browns, the Black Panthers, even, and um, it and the King Chicago was, Seven, right, right, and King was kind of seen as uh, the safe black yes. uh, activist, if you will, against these other guys, but and Malcolm X, I mean. And uh, right, right. Lest we forget, Ex- yes. exactly. But again, um, there's so much sort of misappropriation. Yes, good word. Dr. That's King a good word. And, and and what he said, and and now, of course, you have the the Christian cinemas of of this world <laughs> talking about Dr. King on his birthday, right after she's totally trampled on voting rights. Yes. And, uh, yes. And the, there's just just too much of that, and uh, Dr. King, uh, above all, would would be appalled at how people. What a travesty! Are, are, it is it is a travesty, and it makes me angry. And so, I, I guess the moral of the story is: go back and read what he actually wrote. Mm-hmm. Try that exactly. 
in uh, in the letter to the Birmingham uh, from a Birmingham jail, but also the I have a dream speech. You are absolutely right. Yeah. You know, we right. hear this little soundbite every year, but there is there's some powerful, challenging stuff in that speech that needs to be heard uh, even today. Hey, I, I got a re- I got a little report for you, Carla. You know, I've been Can talking. Can I just about- say one more thing about yes. Dr. King before go ahead. we leave it? Well, yeah, go just, ahead. I was just thinking, uh, when he was assassinated, if you remember, remember. he was in Memphis yes. to help the cause of the striking, mainly black, garbage collectors Yes, exactly, union. exactly. He was for the working man, and he was for economic justice, and he would be on the side of all all those essential workers and people striking, and he would be on, on the side of uh, a bigger minimum wage. All those kinds that so of good. things that so too good. many people forget about. And, Amen and to that. He would be he would be right there. And and while we're at it, a shout out to the Reverend Doctor William Barber from yes, North Carolina yes, yes. who is out on the picket lines and uh, just he's a, a powerful, fine powerful pastoral voice. powerful voice yes. for justice in, in the, the poor name people's of campaign yes yes that's it. yeah he he is so powerful and you know uh, when you when you went through that thing about Memphis um, it just brought it back that you know that night uh, when they had the big rally he was exhausted and he told his guys, Hey, you go and speak to the crowd. I just don't, I just don't have yeah. it in me. And yeah. they came and Ralph Abernathy comes back and says, No, 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 you, you've got to come and you wow. have, you have to speak to these people. He goes, Well, wow. okay, I don't know where I'm going to find the strength, but I'll do it. And yeah. that was the night he said, uh, I may I don't not know get if there. I'm, yeah. Get there I with may you. not yes. get there with you. But yeah. I've I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen yeah. the promise. I, you know, I get goosebumps every time I think about that speech. And, I know I'm getting chills right now, and yes. I'm thinking, and I'm thinking about an an aged Moses looking yes. toward the promised yes. land, <laughs> and and with 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 Joshua, and I mean the parallels are are they're really staggering. powerful. And they, you, they, and you know what really I'd ha- I'd have to say getting in touch. With the Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King story, helps me appreciate Moses even more. You know, yes, be- it does. because it puts this thing in a context where, um, you know, he knows he knows his life is uh, is at risk, and it was the night before he got shot. It's uh, it's yeah. just an incredible, incredible I'm, story. I'm sh- I'm I'm sure that he had some inkling because i mean he he was uh I, you know as my pastor said he wasn't a perfect man he wasn't a saint but i do think he was set apart mm. in, in and 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 called you know as as were the prophets of of old yes and uh, i i just wish that we were listening to him right now. And I think I think that's the other thing. It's it's helped me understand even those biblical prophets because you know yeah, it's so easy to just much. think, well, that's an old story, you know, it's words on a page. But when when you connect with those life issues that uh 
that were just so powerfully portrayed that night before he died in Memphis. Uh, wow. You, and the you, fact that both the biblical prophets, Dr. King and on and on, spoke about, I mean, the Bible speaks about justice. Yes. So, so, so much. And about hurting the poor so, so, so much. And you, uh, you, you can't close your eyes to it. It's everywhere. Yeah, this is so good. So good. You know, I just, I just needed to throw in a little report, and I want our listeners to hear this. You know, everybody, I think everybody knows by now that I'm doing table talks. I'm doing my fourth table talk starting next week. And uh, you know what, Carla? We were one of the first ones to fill up. Our, the, the class is full. We got a little waiting list. People want to get that's in. Fantastic. Ken, that's fantastic. And, and so what, what are you going to be talking so about? So we're going to talk about the 1619 Project, which oh, uh, is, okay. you know, Nicole Hannah-Jones. Uh, the things she yeah. did with the New York Times is now a book, and it's a podcast series. And we're going to do a deep dive into that history that uh, uh, a lot of people don't want to think about. But uh, apparently there are folks who are saying, yeah, yeah, we got to. We got to get into that. So, so we're going to dive into that starting next week. Okay, new subject. Did you did you catch the bravery of that rabbi, Rabbi Citron Walker? I think is his name. Did you catch that? Yes, I, I, I did. Yeah, um, he he and uh, several of his congregants were held hostage over the weekend, and uh, like like it all told for twelve hours. So at at some point, uh, one hostage had escaped, and then he was there with two men, and he threw a chair at this hostage mm. taker, and um, he Gutsy and move. these other two, yeah, right, and and they made a break for it, and uh, what I, what I read was that he had had some um, training in these kinds of situations because one of the things that came out about this and I kind of knew but there was so there, there were so many responses from uh Jewish people about mm. their synagogue or their, mm. or their shul saying that oh yes we have armed guards police security routinely and mm. i read something i don't know if you read this in the new york times today there was a woman she's actually uh biden's uh nominee to be in charge of kind of anti anti-semitism oh, oh no work i didn't around see that the world yeah and she, she yeah writing in in the new york times deborah oh I, w I wish i had her last name but anyway she talked about uh she was in some town in the east and she was driving past a uh, a Christian congregation and the doors were open and people were streaming in and be and the minister was welcoming welcoming them and she thought oh i wish my synagogue could be like that because mm. it's mm. more go around to the side door mm. it's safe and uh there isn't the joyful welcome and ease and sense of security and uh, as as you know i have extremely close jewish family and mm. so I, yes. I i think i think about this for for them and for obviously funny how that works so funny how that works it, when we become it, friends with people who are mm -hmm. not necessarily uh you know part of the tribe that we're so familiar with uh it it uh, it gives us new 
new eyes, new sensitivities. It, it really, really lands differently. And so, yeah, I, I was following uh, the the uh, hostage standoff uh, very closely over the weekend. And, of course, that FBI SWAT team mm. that flew down from D.C. and they did their thing and, and they're just I'm, I'm not going to use the the term, but it begins with bad and it ends with, well, you know, and, and they're, <laughs> they're just so I'll say so, it. they were badass. Uh, they were okay. Yes, thank you. Ex- ex- exactly, and uh, so there were no no lives lost. But, yeah, those yeah. guys are pros. You know, they, they they know what they're doing. And I I did see that New York Times article that, that where the title was for Jews going to service is an act of courage. And, and exactly. you know, that's a sad yes. sad commentary. But it, uh, but here we are. Yeah. And here we are, and and so here here we are, okay. And and I know I have a receptive audience in you, all, all these Christians and yelling about religious persecution. Mm, and yes. uh, one of these days, we're not going to be able to worship in our churches. I mm. think it, years ago it was, it was because because Obama's going to come for the churches or yeah. what what whatever <laughs> paranoia yes. uh, was was afoot. And you see something like like this, and uh, even you know little children going to uh, yeshivas and, and Jewish schools uh, un- under security guard. And I don't want to hear from mm-hmm. our white Christian brethren about how persecuted <laughs> they are. Amen to that. Thank you very much. Amen to that. Yeah. You go, girl. Preach it. Hey, did you see that? Uh, uh, that sixty minutes thing about Anne Frank. I mean, it, right? It was. Uh, I I don't know what it is about her, but to, just to just to realize the incredible impact this young girl has had on on so many of us, including me, because she sat down and kept a journal, and she oh. she just wrote this beautiful beautiful journal that has caused oh. the whole world to be fascinated with her. One of the best selling books of all time. Well, and it's interesting because I'm I'm trying to think. There was the movie, The Diary of Anne Frank, that came out when I was just of an age where something like that I was starting to be curious about. Yes. And there was a Life magazine story about it. Yes, yes. And I think I remember seeing it as you it wasn't photos but it was like illustrations of Anne Frank what it and her sister at Bergen Belson and mm-hmm. and they're oh, wearing wow. the striped pajamas. Oh my goodness. And yeah and so I asked This is after they the, were shipped off right to the camp. and and right after they were shipped off and I remember asked as as a like I might might have been like ten or eleven years old, asking my mother about it because people, even when we were kids, didn't talk about the Holocaust right. like they do now. They didn't call it that. They talked about mm. maybe concentration camps, but we didn't know the the whole thing. And I remember it it haunted me. And then, of course, when I was in about eighth grade, when I read it, the Diary of Van Frank, and. Uh, 
she was so relatable. I thought mm. she's my age yes. and she thinks about boys and she yes. thinks about movies and she listens to the adults argue and she tries to figure yes. out what's going on. Right. Right. And, um, but just the portrait that was painted of this family in, in the annex, I mean, it's indelible and the brave, uh, I think her name was, Meep, M-I-E-P, and the woman, uh, Gentile co-worker of Otto Frank, bringing them food and keeping them safe. And there were others, too. And and what's so agonizing is that they almost made it. They mm, came same so, so close. close. So close. Yeah. Yeah. My, my. And, and of course, the, the, the uh, 60 Minutes uh, story, uh, Kind of hit you know hit the top of the list for these guys at CBS because uh, there has been some diligent hard work to try to figure out who it was that betrayed the the family that was in hiding for all that time and as you right. put it they made it they got so close yeah and uh, you know just uh, just quickly the sad takeaway of of the uh, of the piece was that it, 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 that there were. I mean, the Nazis had convinced some Jews to to basically they 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 said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna preserve you're gonna preserve your life if you're willing to help us find the Jews that have been hidden all over this city of Amsterdam, and they believe now after all this uh, this serious investigation that it probably was one of those people who who uh, yes. tipped tipped it off. And there's a there's a lesson there about. Uh, you know what happens to to all of us? What can happen when we're put under this kind of authoritarian pressure, where exactly. our lives are at risk and right. we're forced to do things that we never imagined that we were capable of? Exactly, it's the kind of moral, you know, what would you do, yes. kind of thing, and would you have betrayed Christ to save your skin? Mm, think about that and, one. Think about that one, huh? Yeah. And or would you have renounced your faith if you were even today, if you were in some country like like you and I have talked about, like India, where Christians are being persecuted, or the Middle East, or wh- wherever it is, would you turn in a brother or sister from your underground church? And honestly. I I don't know. I know it's a. You'd I, like to think you would, but yes, yes, yeah. It it reminds me when I you know I interviewed a freedom writer here last year, Ed Kale, and uh, I remember saying to him, Ed, I'm so I, I I'm so um, uh, filled with admiration and appreciation for what you did, but I've been haunted by the question. Uh, would I've had the courage to jump on that bus and go to the South and sit at one of those counters in Woolworths, you know, with some African American friends, and just take it? Ed, uh, <clears throat> Ed was a Harvard Divinity School uh, uh, student when he became a freedom writer. It's it's just a great, great story. Hey, I want to tell you one well, one more thing. I, I I just got to interview. I don't I don't know if I mentioned this to you while we were in a beach talk, but you know this uh, this woman who does diversity, equity, 
and inclusion training for a corporate found me on LinkedIn, and I got to interview oh, wow. her last week. Okay, <laughs> it was really good. She's amazing. She's got this massive following on LinkedIn, and she she tells a story about how the way she found me is. She said, you know, there there aren't many aging. She didn't say aging. But there aren't many white males who are willing to talk about race and gender. And she did a search, and the Beached White Male podcast came up, and she reached oh, out. The, oh, the, per, the perfect ally. <laughs> Isn't that good? It? Yes, nice, good choice of words, because that's what I wanted to bring up, Carla, is that uh, you know she one of her favorite words, in fact, she said that the, uh, the dictionary came up with the word of the year last year, 2001, and the word is allyship. Um, Allyship. Yes. So that's word of the year. That's the word of the year, and that really is her kind of focus. But, you know, I just uh -huh. want to mention one thing she said that I'm always going to take with me, and that is that she, she pointed out that um, becoming an ally is not something that can be claimed. In other words, if I present myself, oh, I'm an ally— Right, then I right. probably am not one. Because yeah. to become an ally means that you have earned the title. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So if someone comes up and says, hey, Ken, you know, I've watched you in action. And I got to just tell you, you are an ally. Thank you. Yeah. If right. That, that happens. That meaning. Yes. If that happens, then I can think of myself as an ally. But of course, as soon as I start bragging about it, you know, then I've then I've lost my status. But it's like, I, look how humble <laughs> I am. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was just a great, great insight, and it's Julie's way of reminding people, particularly on a corporate level where she works, you know, that. We need to stay and be curious. And that was another thing that came up in our conversation because uh, she made that point. And I said, ah, oh, Julie, it's so great to hear you say that because that's my that's sign your, off. That's your tag. That's yeah, my exactly. sign off. <laughs> I said, stay curious. She yeah. goes, oh, I love that. Hey, one more thing, Carla. Um, you'll be pleased to know that our KN95 masks are in transit. We're, they're going to be on our front porch here shortly. And I can't wait to get them. Oh yeah, I right and uh yeah, my my son-in-law asked me to order those free covid tests. Oh so, yes, uh, yes. So, so those are are, go are going to come and uh I also did you see there was a note um I, I like David Leonhardt in the New York Times. I have a lot of problems with the New York Times on many levels, but I feel like he's always fair and David Leonhardt yeah, he's the one. He kind of curates their uh, morning news update. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah, and this morning he was talking about how the Omicron spread is going way down. And I've been thinking, actually, that we need to, in, in, in our chat, because, you know, so much of this news is, is so, you know, scary and depressing, that maybe each week we needed a good news item. And my go. good news item of, of the week is that the spread of Omicron looks like it's going down and who knows what the, the future is like. And, uh, but it, it is good to be prepared to wear those masks, to, to take those tests. I mean, uh, as yes. I think I mentioned my, my church, we have been virtual only for the last 
couple oh, of yes. weeks. Yes. And I think we are going to go back to in person next month, uh, inshallah. And yes. so um, it's, uh, you know, everybody's been, and of course, uh, school and so forth has been affected by this. But it looks like we're going to follow the same trajectory that like South Africa and uh, UK, Europe have done with Omicron. Uh, that is, and, that is good news. Yeah. Yeah. So and it, and it just reminds us that, about. yeah, it reminds us that, you know, we need to conform to all the, re, all the things that will at least do the best possible job of restricting and stopping this crazy thing. I mean, everything from, from those vaccinations for the people who still haven't gotten them yet to, to, you know, to um, wearing these masks and and doing all the preventative things. Hey, I got to tell you what sold us on KN95 masks. Uh, You know, I mean, the, the data is all there about protection, you know, and how they're much better than cloth and the surgical masks and all that. But, but really pushed us right over the edge is when we found out that if you're wearing one of those masks, it's less likely that your glasses will fog up. Is that right? <laughs> oh, okay. Because there's a better seal, you know, right above your, yeah. your uh, right. around your nose and underneath the glasses. You know, that's where the moist, hot air goes up and fogs up your sunglasses or your glasses. So I, we're, I, I'm excited to find out if that really is the case. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't usually wear glasses except for reading glasses, but... Uh, I know that my daughter sometimes wears glasses and, and she's complained about that a lot. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just, uh, you know, we've, we've all got to stay safe. And, and at this point, too, I think I'm really tired of ranting about anti-vaxxers. <laughs> it just it, it seems like and so it's it's fine. It's it's like whatever. And actually, I think the numbers show that the number of vaccinated people is kind of slowly creeping up i did see i don't know if you saw this this uh list of countries and uh we and russia are among the so-called sort of civilized countries are some of the least vaccinated and even countries like like brazil and india and you know like bolsonaro and and modi are not you know real strong on getting vaccinated but uh, brazil and india are very highly vexed interesting interesting you can get depressed about that but again i choose to live with good news and let god (laughs) sort out the rest amen you know i love these talks so much carla and this one has been right up there i i just love the energy and the exchange and the things we talk about but let's let's go ahead and wrap up is there any any news about uh lucy lark grandma uh yeah she at, she turned three weeks old. She has beautiful red hair, and uh, yes. her mom and I were It's confirmed. It's confirmed. Uh, it really is red. Confirmed. Yeah, and I was just there yesterday, actually, and I and and she was uh, awake and alert, and I was looking at her eyes, and her mom and I agreed that they're getting lighter because you know mm. most new babies have at least uh, new white babies have. Uh, just sort of dark blue eyes and it's all kind of the same color. Yeah. It's hard to tell where it's going. Right. And so her eyes are getting lighter and they're kind of dark around the edge of the iris. She's definitely going to be a blue eyed redhead. (laughs) And her, her daddy and I 
are determined that she never wear pink because redheads don't look good in pink. <laughs> this has already been decided. This has but been decided. That, so that's <laughs> all is good. And also, this is a banner day for our guy. Yes. 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 Yeah. Secretary Mayor Daddy. Happy Pete. birthday to you. Happy Happy 40th birthday. 40. Yeah. He's not going to be the young whippersnapper anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's and, getting up there. Uh, he's really getting he is, up there. <laughs> he's really getting up there, and uh, I can't wait to see what the next decade brings. I mean, this this man is the future, I, and I still firmly believe that. So, and I hope he can actually get a nap today too, and <laughs> and do some celebrating because <laughs> he's got he's got those twins and. Uh, yeah, and they're five months old. So yeah, it's just great family. Well, wonderful sec- Secretary leader. Pete, Secretary Pete, if you are listening, happy birthday and get a nap. Exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 he and I, I I second that. And thank you for all you do. And, and please be president. Thank you. <laughs> So good. All right, Carlo. Listen, you have a great rest of the week and a great weekend. And uh, there's always so much to talk about. Talk about it never stops. So let's pick it up again next week. What do you say? Sounds good, Ken. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ah, yes. Greetings to Secretary Pete. What a great talk. I loved our chat about Dr. Martin Luther King. And it's so good to know that that little baby is doing so well. And that's what this fireside chat is. It's a bridge over troubled water. And Carla, see you next week. then that's a wrap for season three episode six and beach talk number 68 so glad you joined us for our conversation about dr king that unlikely rabbi hero those k95 masks and so much more hey if you're with us for the first time you can learn more about us at the beachedwhitemail.com our website you'll find us on facebook and twitter as well And I want to remind you that you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Just look for Beached White Male. We'll come up. And when you see it, go ahead and subscribe. We'll be glad to have you as part of our listening team, our growing listening team. We're grateful for you. And we're grateful for our patrons. And if you're interested in supporting what we do, if you love what we do, go to patreon.com forward slash Beached White Male and you'll learn all about what it takes to be a patron. We'd love to welcome you there. I want to say thank you to Ben Sound for our soundtrack today. And I also want to say thank you to Sergio Mella for his rendition of Bridge Over Troubled Water on the piano. Beautiful. Gets us in the right frame of mind. So keep your eye on that podcast feed. There's more coming. We've got more in the pipeline that I know you're going to enjoy. And between now and then, until next time, This is Ken Kemp, the beach white male, saying, stay strong, keep healthy, wear that mask, that KN95, and most of all, 
Stay curious. Bye-bye. <laughs>